Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? No one at all. Oh, how we love you, Lord. All right, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us today. I'm here with my beautiful bride, Tanya Vidal, sitting to my left. It's Monday now. We just yesterday, uh, July 24th. Uh, delivered a message called Now is Your Time, and it's available on YouTube. Of course, it's streamed live. So in Matthew 6 and in 25 and 27, it says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? We just, we worry about so many things. We, we worry about uh, dinner and uh, the cost of fuel and, you know, what's happening with our kids. What, what, kind of, what kind of things do you worry about? There are so many things in this world that just occupy my mind. They just live there. Um, and it, they're like, and when you think about it, when you sift through, it's, it, they're not big things. It's just a lot of little things, you know, like those thousand-piece jigsaw puzzles, but my puzzles never fit together because my mind is always so scattered. It's one of those things where it's like, um, oh, my gosh, did I do the laundry today? Oh, I have to, you know, do this, teach this next class. Am I prepared? Um, did I make dinner? Do I have meat out for dinner? Like so many just little things, just they come at me all at, at once, and then I get scattered, and I try to do them all at the same one time. So I just give them all like, I don't know, like half the attention if I get to them. Um, Cause that's just how my day goes. A- and they do occupy my mind. And, and there are a lot of, like I said, little things that not necessarily am scared, worried, but I'm just thinking about that shouldn't really live there. Right. When, when you think about just in, like in general, like the American population or, or the, the uh, the state of our our church the the Christian church not just Strong Tower but the state of the church what what kind of things I, I don't know it doesn't have to be a top three but what kind of what what things do you think most people are are worried about what do you see most people worrying about a lot of people worry about what what other people think and who's watching me when really like is that a big deal what they think of you as a as a mom who worked it was always like is my laundry done is my house clean is, you know, there's so many, it's, it's the stuff, it's the little nitpicky things. And then, oh my gosh, if somebody comes over and they see my house is a mess, like now it's like, oh gosh, what are they thinking? They're going to think I live like a slob. So I think in, in some part of that, like I worried a lot about, about that. Um, also as, as a parent, it was like, you know, are my kids dressed well? Are people judging me by what my kids look like or, or, or say, or, or, um, Things like that, just worried about, and it's really just the, what do people, what do people think of me? Like, how, how am I putting myself across? Um, and 
are they thinking good of me or are they thinking bad of me? And do they like me? Yeah, I, I think definitely that the idea of people being worried about themselves, like how, how they're, they're, they're viewed in the world. But I, th I also think there's a lot of other things, external things that are, that are keeping people's minds occupied, things that they're worrying about, real things, things that are important, things like, um, not that the things you mentioned were unimportant, but external things that are also important. Like, like am I going to pay my bills? The price of gasoline. and It's crazy. Who's in the White House? Right. What's health insurance look like for me? And, and right. you know, just, just these other, like, worries that, that we carry uh, every day. And, and those things are, are like weights on us. They, we just carry them around like, oh, well, gas prices just went up to whatever dollars and cents a gallon. And where, where am I going to have to make that? Mm -hmm. that budget cut you know when god promises to meet our needs he promises that he is jehovah jireh he's the one that's gonna meet our needs and and um there there are so many scriptures that tell us or encourage us not to worry about the state of life the the things of life the um like like you said how are how are people looking at me mm -hmm. um, is my list of to-do's are are they to duns? You know, like where where's where are the list of things that 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 need to get finished, and the external things. So uh, I think you bring up a really good point because there are so many there are so many aspects of worry, mm -hmm. and it just comes from all these different angles. There's internal worries. There's mom worries. There's wife worries. Right, husband worries. And I think dads are thinking: Am I being a good provider? Am I um, Am I, am I being a good husband? Am I being selfish You know how, with how we spend our, our time and our money? Well, what I love about that scripture that you mentioned earlier, you know, God meets all our needs. He's Jehovah Jireh. He meets all our needs according to his riches and glory. And I think, man, if we would focus on that, it would really um, help us to turn a corner. It's, it's one thing, I think, to read the Bible and to know the scripture. God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory. But to live like we believe it, that's asking something else, you know, as far as these worries go, because they are like, you know, I was saying internal, internal worries. And my goodness, if we can even get out of our internal selves into the external selves, that's a whole nother pile of just craziness to to break through. Yeah. And I just think it's amazing how much time and energy we spend being worried about things and some things matter. I'm, I'm not saying that, that, um, you know, things, things don't matter. I think all the things that we listed, um, even though we know we're not supposed to spend a great deal of time worrying about them. I don't, I don't think that that means that, that they don't matter, right. that they're not important. They are important things. So at some point we have to learn how to juggle these important things, recognize that they're important things and not allow those things to overwhelm us and put us in a state of stress and worry. Right. Not letting those things become a worry. They do matter. You know, they, they do matter. But just because they matter doesn't mean that we have to worry about them. That's just the point. You know, we we talk about how like life is short. And I know that seems like really cliche, you know, when somebody's like, oh, life is so short. Right. And eat dessert first. Right. Eat dessert first, which is actually we do. <laughs> right. I don't know. You know, um, if you guys have ever been out to dinner with Tanya and I, there's a good chance that we ordered dessert first. But we do. We think like, oh, man, life is so short. And and, and I know that seems cliche, but I, I honestly, um, the more I've lived with that, the less cliche I, I think it, it sounds to me because life is short. And in fact, in Psalm 90 and verse 12, he says, teach us to number our days 
that we might gain a heart of wisdom. So understanding that life is short or trying to understand that life is short, you know, I don't really know what that means. I say it all the time. Right. Life is short. But I don't really know what that means because I don't know the length of my days. I don't know, I don't know how many days I'm going to live. Right. And some of my days seem really, really long. You know, some of my days feel like they're never going to end. Not lately. Lately, it's been like, I wish I had 26 hours in a day. But um, most of the time, you know, as we as we just we go through life, we just kind of think like this is how it's always going to be. But the psalmist says that if we're going to gain a heart of wisdom, that we need to learn how to number our days. And we all hear this advice like live today like it's your last day. How many times have you heard that? Right? Like, live so like live like it's your last day. But that's not always realistic, right? Because like honestly, if today was my last day, I would empty my bank account. Right. You know, I would be I'd, I'd go buy some stuff and and I'd you know, I'd I'd go out and and you know, I'd do all those things that we talk about like what would you do if you only had so much time on the earth? We'd do all those things. And some of those things are just unrealistic, right? Like I'd go skydiving. Well, I can't go skydiving every day. It would be awesome if I could, but I, you know, I can't. So, in in what ways do you think that we could that we can practically live like it's our last day? In conjunction with that psalm, teach us to remember our days, and then live like it's our last day. It really makes us sift through because, like, yeah, I would go skydiving or I would do all these things that I wanted to do, but then you would have to think, well, I've only got twenty four hours, so then you would have to kind of sift through that. Well, would I really go skydiving? Would I really use my time to do that? Or, you know, would I go to this place I always wanted? Well, when I die, is that really going to matter that I went to Greece or that I went to Bali or that I went to these places? Like, you really have to sift through what really matters, living each day like it's your last. See, we, we hear that, live each day like it's your last day, but we know or we think, oh, well, but it's really not. So what, what do I want to do? What do I, what, what do I want to do? And, and the things we come up with are kind of worldly things. But honestly, if we think this is my last 24 hours, really, what would you do? Like, would you surround yourself with family or would you go to that place? Mm-hmm. Like, because you, you have to think, I've got to budget this 24 hours. And now you're thinking about what am I missing instead of what am I doing? And it really puts into focus, like, what's most important to me? And uh, although I might think, because, like, let's just take skydiving, for example. Right. Like, maybe maybe skydiving is important to me. Maybe it is something that I really, really want to do. But in light of eternity being just around the corner, right. it really does put it in perspective. Is that really the thing that I is that what's most important to me? And I, I think, um, you know, when, when I think about this question, I've been thinking about it a lot. Like, in what ways can you practically live like it's your last day? I've been thinking about this question a lot. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head where as you think about it, it's, it's more of this idea where you're able to, I think you said sift, I really like that idea of, of taking all of our things and putting it in, in like a colander yeah. and, and sifting it out and kind of seeing what makes it through to the other side and then realizing like family is the most important in, in your example or whatever it is that you arrive at. Like these right. are the things that are most important to me. Asking these kind of questions kind of can do that for us. It can take all the stuff of life and kind of put it in that spot where you can squeeze it and strain mm-hmm. it and get everything get everything out so that you're just left with th- this is what's really important to me and now you're empowered. 
Right. Now you can decide, how am I going to spend my time? These are the things that actually have value to me. These are the things that actually add value to my life. Skydiving is outrageously fun. Right. But does it add value to my life? This, this idea of living like it's my last day, knowing eternity is around the corner, then it becomes kind of what am I leaving this world with? Like I know that my impact on this world may last, you know, the next generation, maybe the generation after that, but it most likely will stop there. Now, if I can leave these generations with something kingdom, now we've got a mark on eternity. And so I've really got to think, okay, how am I going to leave eternity? How am I going to leave when I leave? What part of the kingdom am I going to impart? Because that's what's going to last forever. And I think most people today, we live in such like a, a healthy era. Right, a health conscious. A health conscious era. And uh, I, I'm starting to think that most people realize uh, what stress can do to their life, what anxiety can, can do to their life and, and, and the effects of stress. And, and it's interesting how a stress-filled life can lead to uh, all kinds of different maladies, depression, anxiety, right. disease, which I think is interesting in and of itself. Like think about the word disease. It's actually two words like dis ease, like you're out of ease. So when you're, when you're stressed out, you're like you're out of ease, mm-hmm. right? And then your body responds to that. It gets sick, essentially. How should believers deal with the stresses and anxieties of life? Believers, um, how, well, it's kind of funny to me how the world would take a believer principle and then like half truth it. You know, like they will say, oh, you know, meditation will help you relax. But God says meditate on his word. You see, it, it, it's fractured. It's right. Half. It's like, like they have part of the truth. Right. It's like when God says they have like an idea of the truth, but they, you know, it's it's just a little piece. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, it's the doc- diet cola. Yeah, Dr. <laughs> Evil would be like, this is uh, not not truthy enough. <laughs> so a little bit, little segment of the truth. Right. But as believers, because I think honestly, I think um, probably 90% or more of our audience is, you know, believing believers, people, right. church folks who are interested in God stuff, you know, God, God things. Um, what, what kind of things? Cause like unbelievers, uh, I think, and I, I think believers participate in these two, uh, but I think unbelievers largely they're like, man, I can't wait till it's Friday. I'm gonna go tie one off. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, you know, smoke a little of this, drink a little of this, have you know, all of all in the name of a little escape, right? right? To kind of escape some of those. And and I, listen, I, not that I agree with it. I I get it. I get right. it because without Jesus, I would be sunk. Well, who would want to run away? Yeah, without without Christ in my life, I would want to do those very same things. Right. Honestly, I'd be like, "Hey, man, it's Friday. Let's get tuned up." I had like a really, really terrible week, and and so I, I get that. And you know, Jesus said, "Man, these guys are like sheep without a shepherd." You could just you know hear his heart breaking for those people. But as believers, you know, we're in this world. We're not of this world. We're different. The Bible says we're a peculiar people. We're, we, we have to handle things a little differently. And, you know, I know there's like the church answers, right? Like how does a believer deal with stress? And it might sound, you know, silly, but we go, oh, we, we go to the word and we encourage ourselves. And like we should never let the world make us feel silly about that. Right. Because I think that's a really... Um, I think that's a really important piece of how to overcome anxiety and stress as a believer is to encourage yourself in the word, encourage yourself with the word of God, uh, maybe listening to a podcast like this or a message on 
on YouTube or wherever it is you find your other messages. Praise and worship, I know, is a big outlet for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, believers are not, we're not immune to the stuff of life, the stresses and anxieties of life. And we have to deal with them too, but we shouldn't deal with them the same way the world deals with stress and anxiety. So, right. you know, if, what, whatever comes to mind, I think it'd be really helpful. What kind of things do you think, uh, you know, I named a few, like I took the easy ones, right? Like, <laughs> like that low-hanging fruit, right? Like, Lucky. yeah, pray and hit the word <laughs> and all that other stuff. But um, what, what kind of things... What, do you, would you suggest? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you're like, the world would have you, you know, and the, they, then it makes you feel silly for, for doing these things. Um, but honestly, like, we feel silly for doing these things, and so we run from them. I run to somebody more churchy than me, honestly, like, hey, um, pray for me because I'm struggling with this. Um, here's what I'm standing on right now. Give me more. What else can I stand on in the word? Um, help me really. Everyone needs a mentor, right? Yeah. It's like that reaching out, like help me because I can't do it on my own. And a, a lot of times we're like, we feel shame for that. Like, um, I, I, why am I not strong enough? Dude, you're not designed to be strong enough. We're designed to work in community. Ooh, that's a good point. So reach out to the community, that's man. Really Have somebody point. like grab somebody more churchy than use hands and put them on you and be like, pray for me, mm-hmm. lay hands on me. And you can, you gotta be choosy, you know, like don't run to just anybody and be like, Hey, uh, lay your hands on me. Hey, pray for me. Like get to somebody, you know, who will get to somebody who knows the word and knows how to stand on the word and can encourage you in the world. Don't go to somebody who's going to be like, oh, dude, that totally sucks. Yeah, I remember when I, and then they lament with you. No, you need somebody that's going to pull you out of that dumpster fire and like, you know, spray you down. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that. So the, here's some really good tools. You know, if you, if, um, you know, just to recap, here's some really good tools that you can use as believers dealing with the real stresses of life. So it's not... Sometimes it's just not enough. The Bible says, don't worry about it, right? And you go, okay, well, the Bible said it, and I believe it, and that settles it. But how? Yeah. How do I? I mean, I can't just turn it off. I just don't know how to just not worry. Right. But I know I'm not supposed to, and I know how much stress and anxiety causes these other issues to manifest in my life. Dealing with the stresses and anxiety of life, read your word. Hmm. Read your word. Study the truths of God's word. Worship God. Yeah. Spend, spend some time worshiping the Lord. You know, if you're dealing with stress and anxiety, pray. Tell God what you're worrying about. And like Tanya said, and I think probably the most cogent point, find your mentor. Find, yeah. find somebody who's more churchy than you are. <laughs> find somebody who's up and up, somebody who's, who can pray for you, who you can confide in, somebody who says, who would encourage you in the Lord and say, you know, we got this. Right. What you need is somebody who's going to help you restore your spirit. Because when your spirit is in line with the word, that's that's where the healing happens. That's where the open thing is. Like, don't hide. Get to somebody that is going to help you restore that that piece that may be a little bit fractured, that may be a little bit off. That's going to help you restore that, and that's where the healing can come in. Again, uh, we we're talking about the message that was released on July 24th called Now Is Your Time, and we hope that you'll get on YouTube and enjoy that and jump into this conversation. Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Tower, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. There's no one